Thanks for tuning in to Hobbs and Horror Movie Review Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Hobbs and Horror. I'm Eric. I am Gavin Schmidt. I'm DJ Flipper. <laughs> I'm, I'm Gavin Schmidt, established author and local historian. All right, I'm uh, I'm still DJ Flipper, <laughs> and that's how it is. And we're yeah. back with another episode, and our movie today was Kids, rocking in at pro- probably the highest IMDb rating we've ever done a movie Honestly, for. Honestly, I Seven. think it is. It's possible. Not a horror movie at all, but um, should be a horror movie. Yeah. So, what you know, if we want to have the conversation of how we're defining a horror movie, I I don't know that you can say it's not. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. I mean, there's there's so many terms. There's like thriller. There's horror. Yeah. There's like it's not a thriller. It's not a thriller. But I would say this is a horror movie. I I honestly like growing up, this movie scared the living shit out of me. Like it really did. This is this movie is responsible for to be honest it didn't stop me from having sex <laughs> but every time i did i i was like terrified i was terrified i was like oh shit yeah i have aids yeah you know like so in the 80s there's like the you know and this is not uh, strictly speaking true but this is like the exaggerated yeah. story is like in the 80s the slasher movie is like if you're a teenager and you get high or have sex, you get killed by the slasher. Yeah. And this is like Telly is the slasher. Yeah. Because as soon as you have sex with Telly, <laughs> you've got AIDS. You are going to die. Yeah. Yeah. You mean you you mean uh, McLovin from another universe? McLovin <laughs> from another universe. Yeah. So so he's like he's roaming the streets of New York and Nobody realizes that walking among them is this guy spreading this awful plague that's going to kill them off one by one. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the plot, right? Yeah, that is basically the plot. So, I mean, it's you got to adjust your idea of what a horror movie is, but it's definitely in there, I think. I think so, too. It's an unintentional horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what I it kind of is a little bit reminiscent to me of like, like a PSA for sexually transmitted diseases, if it were a done. PSA for one? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is why you should go out and get an STD. No, like, you know, like the, like, reefer madness type thing. Yeah. But, like, but for AIDS, like, like, I feel like this is a movie, you know, like, like I said, when I watched it when I was a kid, it definitely, definitely made me think twice about my sexual activities like i said it didn't stop me but it made me feel real bad afterwards <laughs> yeah every time yeah no for to- a long time totally totally um same and like uh yeah so the movie came out in 95 uh which means we would have been about 14 when it came out yep and uh, I I don't know that we watched it immediately after it came out, but not probably long after. No, yeah, I mean we would have watched it on VHS, and um, I would say by fifteen we had definitely watched. Yeah, it. yeah. and right. uh, and uh, Jason or Far Gavin or whoever you are today. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, the PSA thing. Like I thought about this last night. Like I was like, I'm gonna look into this and see like AIDS on film. Because I was really curious. And, you know, it, it had been done. 
there had been like made for TV, like after school specials being like, oh no, some kid in school has AIDS. Let's not go sit by that kid, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and before this, there was like Philadelphia, mm-hmm. which was like, you know, the huge award winning Tom Hanks movie. So it's not like this movie was like, wow, we're finally going to talk about AIDS. But even though it wasn't first, I would be hard pressed to find a movie that like addressed it in such a raw, real way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like Philadelphia, like even there, it's like, oh, sorry, you got it before people knew what it was, and you're a gay man. Like, of course, that's gonna happen. You know, mm-hmm. not that that's right, but that's kind of how it was seen in society at the time. Mm-hmm. Here, it's like, no, it's like all these innocent people getting knocked down one by one, and it's like nobody's safe. And the movie's so gritty. Yep. And it's like... Not only is it gritty, but it's believable. It's, like, it's completely believable. The characters believable. are believable. I had a friend that really reminds me a lot of Telly and Casper. Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. You guys know him. Okay. It, 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 yeah. Um, Steve. No, <laughs> but like he totally reminds me of that character. Like He's just... And honestly, you know, th- I was thinking about this when we were watching this. For our generation, those characters, those kids, their behaviors and their personalities really, to me, were very realistic. I have a feeling that today's kids aren't quite like that. Like, they're not as aggressive, not as... um, Do you think so? Deviant, yeah. I would almost assume that it would have gotten worse since we were kids. I don't think so. I think it's gone backwards. Really? Yeah, I think I would agree. Like, um, I've been thinking a lot about this movie. Like, mm-hmm. like now that, you know, again, like I haven't watched it originally, creeped me the hell out. Um, and it stuck with me for these 20, 25 years, whatever it is now. Um, so very effective in its creepiness, you know, is the, I forget 99% of the crap I see, but this one's stuck. But no, I was thinking, I was like, this is 95 so this is like the absolute tail end of like the latchkey generation. Yes. Like, like oh, your parents are at work. You're going to roam free. You're going to do what you're going to do. You don't have a cell phone. So your parents aren't checking up on you every 10 minutes. You know, you just do what you're going to do. Yep. And kids in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s did that. But this is 95, which means... Helicopter parent. Yeah, this is we're 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 just at that moment where World Wide Web's about to take off, cell phones are gonna take off. So within five years, parents are gonna be on their kids butt twenty four seven. Yep. Um well and, I, and and you know, but thanks to movies like this, there's reasons to be <laughs> as a parent, there's reasons to be concerned about where your kid might be. Right. I mean, and that's the whole thing with where society you know, parenting as w- with the internet. Like when the internet uh, really took off and everybody, I don't want to even say like smartphones because I think even before smartphones, this was a thing. Like I think parents, as we got more information, like, so it's the same thing with like uh, police violence and stuff like that. Is there more police violence? Or is it just more out in the open? Out in the open, you know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And you got with uh, you know parents with like 
what do you call them, uh, sexual predators and things like that. Mm-hmm. Are there more sexual predators or is it just known more? Mm-hmm. You know, now you can see where they are on a map. And I think as a parent, when you have all that information, like right there, like, oh, you can see that three blocks away, there's a guy that was arrested and released. Mm-hmm. He's living three blocks from you now. I think just the knowledge of that caused parents to be more like conscious of what their kids are doing. You know, like I don't think nowadays you'd even be able to like just let your kid run around and you know like a 10 year old and come back like they would they would yeah they would like when the street lights come on was our our rule yeah that would never happen now like you'd be considered a negligent parent yeah you know interesting yeah it's true and and that's like that's a thing that i've had numerous conversations with people about and um, probably talked about it on one of the other podcasts about what you're saying about with the internet letting you know about things. Mm-hmm. I I have to like fight myself not to get into online debates because I know I will lose even though I am right. Okay. <laughs> because because like they release these numbers every year, the statistics. Yeah. And crime has gone down consistently since the 1970s. Yeah. Murder has dropped. Kidnapping has dropped. Things have gone down. Our kids are safer now than they've ever been. But you're right, because now we know, like, oh, there's five sexual predators within a square mile. Like, yeah, there always were. You just didn't (laughs) know that. And the strange thing about that, too, um, you know, there's a lot of different theories on why crime has gotten down. But the one gone down over the years. But my the theory that I think is the most probable is the fact that abortion was legalized in (laughs) in the 70s. The Freakonomics argument. Is that that the Freakonomics? It's from the Freakonomics book. Okay. So, I, I don't know if they started it, but it's in there. Yeah. So I, the idea is like when abortion was legalized and it, like suddenly all these kids that would have been born into families that weren't able to take care of them, watch them or financially, you know, or abusive homes, things like that, weren't being born. These kids weren't being born. So you fast forward 20 years and all these people that would have been criminals that would have been reaching maturity and being out on the streets and everything else, they never existed. So the amount of crime is, you know, when you get that to that generation, it's going to dramatically decrease. Uh, I think it's a pretty compelling argument, personally. It, it definitely makes sense. I don't know if we want to go down this yeah, path yeah. On, <laughs> no, on this podcast. I had but... to mention it because I, you mentioned the crime going around, down. And, and it's funny because a lot of the police departments try to take credit for it, too, from what mm-hmm. I understand. Like saying, oh, it's because of how vigilant we are. Sorry, we yeah. Become <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Like, and, you know, and I don't. I don't hold that against them. I mean, whether that's true or not, that's how you have to present yourself when that's your job. Sure. But if it's a win, you have to point out, like, we're probably playing a role in this. Yeah, that's how how politics is. When things are good, you take credit for it. But, but yeah, I just, I I always love that because if you, anytime something bad happens and you're online and you click the the comments, which you should never do, but I do it, Mm -hmm. you know, you're always going to get, hundreds of comments being like what's wrong with the world how have things gotten this bad yeah. oh we're on our way to hell and and like every time i see that i'm like oh you idiots <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm like what is going on in the world today is no worse than it ever was in fact it's better in fact it's better <laughs> correct it's just that when you were growing up 
you didn't know about crime that was happening in other states or other countries because that wasn't a thing that was like constantly 24-7 on your Facebook feed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have a question because I was too was thinking about this movie the other day. And first of all, I want to know, like you talked about, this is kind of like a PSA for, for AIDS. Yeah. Do you think that was done by design or was this movie made no. to kind of glorify no, that, I, this kind of lifestyle? No, yeah, I don't think it was ever to glorify no, anything. I, I, don't, I would hope it wasn't done to glorify <laughs> no. it. And if so, they did, if they were trying to glorify it, they did a horrible job. Well, what, they were, what were they trying to accomplish by, by making this movie? Were well, they trying to open everybody's eyes to what kids are doing today? Or, you know, were they... I don't know. I think but, it's a scenario that they... You know, that, that scenario is very possible. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that could really happen, and it, and at this point when this movie came out, everyone was terrified of AIDS. I mean, we were we were thinking, you know, you know, this was like around the time, you know, people, a lot of people knew better, but some people thought you could get it from a toilet seat. Some <laughs> people thought, you know, that like you wouldn't want to. I mean, Philadelphia came had come out. When was Philadelphia? Ninety three. Ninety three. This was what ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. You watch Philadelphia and, you know, like no one will even like shake his hand because they're like, oh, you give me AIDS, mm. you know. Um, I mean, there was a real fear of, of this. And I think this really this was just a, a really good plot. Like it's like, OK, what's the what what what's the worst thing that could happen? This is it, mm-hmm. you know. And that was going to be part of my next question is I do remember a time when we were kids that AIDS was kind of a hot button topic it was. like a lot of people were really worried about it and stuff like that and was this movie brought out at that period of time i think so well Gab, i think you had something to say about i don't know what i jumped in but you looked like you were gonna oh on which part i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> maybe what was the question uh why this movie like if they were aware of oh yeah you know i don't know i i I don't know this, but I mean, I get the impression this was just, this was life. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, like the director, Larry Clark, and the writer, you know, Harmony Corinne, uh, like, I don't know their backgrounds, mm-hmm. but I have to assume, like, if you grew up in New York, this is what you saw. Like, yeah. this, the movie isn't necessarily glorifying something or making a PSA about something. This is... It's just, just bringing, what they saw. It's just yeah. bringing light to what is going. If on, you were basically. a if you were a street kid, you know, skateboarder kid, mm-hmm. this is probably what you saw, and yeah. so that's what you would make a movie about. Just like if you worked in a convenience store, you would make a movie about working in a convenience <laughs> yeah, store. Yeah, you would, and you and you talk a lot about all of this dig you have in the on the shelves. Yeah, I, I mean, I was. That was supposed to be a Kevin Smith reference, but thank you for that. <laughs> no, honestly, though, what you're talking about, like, the realness of it, like, how it, you know, they present it, like, this is just how, this is what you would see. I think that makes the perfect PSA. Yeah. I don't think the, the, the where PSAs go wrong is that it's, it's, it's uh, contrived. It's like people that have never tried drugs, never whatever, and then they, they're, they're sitting there and they're trying to show you something like i remember when like the the commercial have you guys seen this it's a commercial about marijuana and it was like this kid and he's holding a gun and he smoke he they're smoking weed and they're like oh let's play with our dad's my dad's gun and they're like <laughs> Woo! 
like, you know, and other, the kid blows his head off or whatever. And it's like, what the fuck does this have to do with smoking weed? Who fucking smokes weed and shoots their head off? The, Come on. The lesson there is lock up your gun. Yeah, yeah no, the lesson there is lock up your gun, not like outlaw marijuana for Christ's sake. Yeah. Or there's another one where a kid's like sitting there and he's playing a guitar in his room. And they they don't even show him playing the guitar because he'd probably be really good at it when he's stoned. But they're, but they're, they're sitting there, he's just holding his guitar and the phone rings and he's smoking weed and his friends are like, hey man, come on out and let's all hang out. We're going to do this thing or whatever. And he's like, no man, I can't. I can't do it. And it's because he's stoned. He's just like, they, oh, like apparently when you're stoned, you never want to do anything, which is somewhat true. true. For me, for <laughs> it me. does make you a lot yeah. lazier, man. <laughs> but come on. It's not like you become a recluse and like lose everything in your life. Like, yeah. give me a break. So, like, those, the problem with those is they're not realistic. You know, a movie like this, a movie like this is, is exactly how we, like, I don't want to say us, but like, how kids could, would act yeah you know there, there was it was not sugar-coated at all no i mean that's where i think a lot of movies go wrong is they kind of kids in movies a lot of times they don't act like how kids do in real life right right you know because it's 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 adults that are are casting these and writing the lines for them and this seemed more like you're just literally a fly on the wall watching kids hang out and do fucked up shit absolutely right and i think i think that adds a whole nother level to this movie because i also feel like and you guys can tell me if you agree with this but it felt like it was kind of recorded like a documentary yeah it is. and and that adds a lot of power to it because it seems very legit Mm -hmm. you know like it doesn't seem like they're making a movie it seems like they're just recording kids hanging Mm -hmm. out and it seems like this is really happening yeah and I think that adds a whole nother level to what they did here. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, completely. I mean, yeah, it's it's like a documentary. It's this is the fancy part here. The the, the technical term is like cinema verite, and like <laughs> and like it's like because the style. Like normally, when you watch a movie, you know you're watching a movie. If you watch Philadelphia, no matter how emotional you might get about watching Philadelphia, you know it's freaking Tom Hanks, right? And in here, like three of the four main characters you know they went on to have successful hollywood careers but when this movie came out this was all like their first time so there was no faces that took you out of the movie that said oh that's just rosario dawson yeah you know that she wasn't rosario dawson yet so it it does it brings you in the style like looks like you say like a documentary it looks real it looks like i'm gonna say gritty again like it's Movies sometimes just by the way like the the camera is or the coloring of a scene like you can tell if it's a horror movie or a fantasy movie or a comedy movie yeah. and this one like you immediately like you feel dirty you yeah. feel like you're you actually in New York yeah. yeah and it's and that's you know not even Jason takes Manhattan made you feel like you were in New York <laughs> no. well and, and and just to kind of go off of what you're saying about about the casting of no-name actors yeah that's the thing like um you know i i to bring it back to the horror genre um george romero does that yeah or did that um he you know when he made uh night of living dead and he made dawn of the dead he purposefully didn't cast anyone that was known in those movies and the reason for it was because he thought you know when you see somebody that you've seen in a bunch of other movies it's harder for you to to really, really accept that character 
Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and in a movie like this, I think it's brilliant because this is a movie that really the subject matter and everything like this could happen. But if you were watching this and it was Brad Pitt trying to play a teenager, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, you wouldn't be as you wouldn't you would kind of I, I don't want to say you dismiss it completely, but you wouldn't. It does. It wouldn't have the level of believability. It wouldn't this, have the effect. It wouldn't have the lasting right. effect on you that yeah. this movie. Which has. is why I also think you know this is this is a perfect unintentional but perfect PSA movie for yeah. uh, sexually transmitted diseases against them. Yeah, the, the I mean, yeah, the casting thing, like you're saying with George Romero, it's like I mean, absolutely, and that's that's true across the board. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm. For the third time now, I'm be like Philadelphia with Tom Hanks because, like, it's Tom Hanks, and that to me that is a, a problem with with a movie if you want the audience to believe in the movie. Because if you go see a movie and then later on you're talking about it and you refer to the character by the actor's name instead of by the character's name, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. But it didn't suck you in as much as if you accepted that character. Yeah. You know, when you say Brad Pitt did this and this scene, like, no, Brad Pitt didn't do that. That character did that. But you say Brad Pitt. Yeah. So you've already, like, failed in accepting that as a character. Right, right. And Tom he, Cruise, really, he's one that, like, I can't see him but anything but Tom Cruise. <laughs> right. Like, right. it doesn't fucking matter. I mean, he could play the best role ever. And I'd still be like, hey, it's fucking uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's fucking Maverick and he's, uh, you know. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, like, it's if, not. If, if that's what you're going for, that's fine too. I mean, mm-hmm. some people just want to see Tom Cruise. Yeah. But in this movie, the fact they didn't have that element right. really, really kind of legitimizes in a way what they're showing you. And it, I think it's, it's more, more terrifying. It's more okay when it's like a, uh, like a popcorn movie. When it's yeah. like, right. then, then a movie like this that has a really serious point. Right. You know, and I, I I, just, I, this is, this is a movie that's going to get a very high rating for me. Yeah, me as well. And, uh, but yeah, so like when we saw this again, when we saw this in 95 or 96 or whenever we actually saw it, and when everybody else saw it, mm-hmm. these were not known actors. And I suspect that a lot of people walked away believing that they just found kids and filmed kids, mm-hmm. like found young people yeah. and filmed filmed them not like they found the movie and filmed the movie sure. um you know and it, but like now we can kind of look back on it. like we just watched some guy who kills people so we know that telly like that isn't really how he is sure like he's actually playing a character mm-hmm. they didn't just find someone who acted like that and casper the actor who played Casper, who killed himself after making this movie, because you would, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the but the actor, like he's British, like so, him playing like this New York street kid, like he's not just playing a street kid. He's got to do it in an accent. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there, you know, there are, there is another movie that they did actually do that though. Another, uh, I know Harmony Korine did not direct this movie. He wrote it. Yeah. But another movie... It got, clearly left a mark, though, since we yeah. had thought that it was. Yeah. yeah. And so Harmony Korine, though, he did uh, Gummo. Mm-hmm. He directed Gummo. Mm-hmm. And he... The way he chose people... There was a, a kid who sniffed glue all the time. And <laughs> like they literally cast him in the movie. 
because he was on uh he was on like Sally Jesse Raphael or one of these shows or whatever about how he just loved to sniff glue, mm-hmm. and they he, I don't know if they thought that he looked cool and interesting because <laughs> he was. The kid is like a weird looking kid. Well, the, mm-hmm. the main character from Gummo. The main gu- character from Gummo. I think that's the one. I'm not sure 100%. But um, yeah, he actually, from what I understand, he ca- how he cast that movie is he sat outside of a McDonald's And or just something. watched for the right he, people to watch. Yeah. And you know, that he could picked, very well be what they did in this movie too. I don't, I don't know if they, because it wasn't, this was uh, the writer of the, this movie, not the director. The director would have had the say-so on who. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't think that happened with this, especially, I mean, you like, the acting was really good yeah. in this movie. I don't think... I think these are real actors. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you've got Chloe Savini or whatever. I yeah, don't know how and, to pronounce her last yeah. name. but And just because they all went, a l- large bone of them went on to do things yeah. beyond the yeah. show. But like you but look Gummo, at... But you haven't. And, and, but like you said, Casper has done nothing. So you mm-hmm. almost wonder if Casper was one of those c- a character that they just kind of found. Mm-hmm. Maybe, know, like, but again, like I said, he was British, so it wasn't like he was wandering yeah, New true. York. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he had to have been an actor. Of you some have to kind. be because you can't just turn off your accent like that without some right. kind of training. Acting yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make a. I don't know if this is a confession. Mm-hmm. This is not really a confession, but it, it might sound like one on here. So I'm looking up uh, Harmony Korean, or you're saying Korean? I don't know. Fuck, I don't know either. Okay, but looking him up, and uh, I've actually only seen one of his movies. Bully? No, Gummo. Really? You never seen Bully? I don't see that listed as one of his movies. Oh. Did, Bully? He, did he write that? Bully's pretty good. Yeah, I think he directed and wrote it. No, I don't think so. No, I think that's another Larry Clark. I think you're mixing them up again. Uh, am I really? <laughs> am I really? That's the thing. It's hard to keep track. But here. I didn't. I haven't seen Julian Donkey Boy. I haven't seen <laughs> Trash Humpers. I haven't even seen Spring Breakers, which was like a huge movie. I, I, everything but Trash Humpers. But the only reason I you haven't seen Trash Humpers? No. Oh, you got to see Trash Humpers, dude. You're fucking right. It was Larry Clark that did Bully. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Well, they're essentially the same people. So it seems like that. Would. I'm a piece of shit. I mean, I I haven't seen Trash Humpers, but I got it. I want to. Well, I, honestly, I think the only reason I haven't seen it is because it was shot, like, it was only released in VHS, from what I understand. That could be. Like, you literally have to buy the VHS and they ship it to you. Yeah. Shit. And, oh, okay, so I'm going to go off on a rant here for a second. Is that cool? Yeah. Can I rant? Fuck yeah, man. Okay. Do it. <laughs> Like so, there's. I also want. I want to give a shout out to the genius of kids. On top of all the other really nice things we've been saying about this horrible movie, yeah. <laughs> um, there's people behind this movie who are big people, but made it look like the most indie possible movie. Right. I mean, like, so the producer on it is Gus Van Sant, and Gus Van Sant was a writer, director, producer on a lot of stuff. Most famously, probably like my my own private Idaho with like Keanu Reeves and stuff. So like he's been around. Some of the other producers worked on the Scream movies. They worked on a variety of other mainstream Hollywood things. The distributor of this movie originally, originally, you will not believe this, but you can look this up. This is a fact. I think I've heard this story that in they got the movie and they wouldn't take it, right? Yes. The original yeah. distributor was the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Yeah. The Walt Disney Company purchased it, but they couldn't possibly do anything with it. 
it was going to get distributed through Miramax, and even Miramax couldn't do it because at that time they were considered a Disney sub-label. Okay. Miramax was owned by Disney at that time. So they couldn't put the Miramax name on it. So even though it's still technically distributed by Miramax, you won't see that anywhere on there because they had to create a separate distribution oh. company just to put a different label on it. Wow. But it's wow. but it was purchased for distribution by the Walt Disney Company. Oh man. Did they not watch it prior to purchasing? Well, I don't. Well, I, I don't think. I don't think it was like Walt Disney went down to the theater and was like, "I got to get this movie." No, I think it was like the guys at Miramax asked for the okay for you know the the money people at Disney, and Disney's like, "Yeah, we trust you, Miramax." And then, yeah. and then they're like, "Look what we brought you!" And Disney's like, <laughs> like no. "No, you are not distributing that." Wow. Yeah, that's wow. I did not. I never heard of that before. That's crazy. The fucking Disney. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, but like in a roundabout way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it started there and then it ended up somewhere else. Yeah. But yeah. It, mean, it, 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 it's not technically. I mean, it's just there's some things that are like very directly Disney, like like Touchstone Pictures mm-hmm. is Disney. Yeah. Like it was created by Disney to make PG thirteen movies, yeah. but not write the word Disney on them. Yeah. Like so, that's like directly there. Miramax, there's like a little barrier between them. Yeah. Disney didn't really have a lot of say in what Miramax did, except when they show up with an NC-17 17 movie, and they're like, "Hell no!" Well, you, you can kind of tell that Disney had some hand in this because no, of, well, yeah, because that whole scene where they're uh, where they're where they're singing and dancing in the streets, and no, <laughs> no, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. I know. It was, I know. I know. It was, it was a stretch. I was trying to make a joke. It was, and it was some, really stretched. It was out. at some festival, and the Miramax guys bought it up. And the Miramax guys had a lot of leeway to release R-rated movies and foreign films and things like that. But NC-17 was where Disney no. drew the line. Yeah. Even even though the Disney name would not have been on it. Yeah. They said no. <laughs> not even not even a sub label is putting this out. Wow. So and the other thing that I thought was pretty amazing with this movie is is that most of the car- like the casting was brilliant. Because like Telly, can you imagine somebody else besides the guy that played Telly no. playing Telly? Because he just had the perfect amount of creepiness to him and just the little Yeah. He's, he he had the slime ball look, mm-hmm. and he was a slime ball in the movie. And I even yeah. think like to add on to like the documentary feel of it, even though some of these, like you said, some of these actors are legit actors and stuff like that, they did nothing to doll them up to look Hollywood good. Mm-hmm. They just look like girls yeah. on a on a movie, you, or girls you would see walking down the street, not all dolled up to be in a Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I think that even further adds to that power of how legitimate and how real it looks while you're watching it. Oh, totally. You know, yeah. I, um, I, I do want to possibly talk a little deeper about this movie. Okay. In the sense that I also think there's some commentary on the fact on that latchkey kid parenting. Uh, I guess like like how we were how we were brought up. You know, we were able to get into a lot of trouble, mm-hmm. and and most of us kind of got through it on, you know, Unscathed. minor, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But I think, you know, this is like, like in this movie, you see, you know, Casper and uh, Telly, they go to to, to Telly's parent mom's house. Dad's not around. 
she's sitting there with a, a baby on her tit. And, you know, you get the sense that these kids, it's, it's very tragic. Like, even though these, these guys, these people are kind of scum, scummy, whatever, mm-hmm. like you said, like Telly, you, you almost feel like though, like, like they're that way because. Because of their upbringing. I because mean, of their upbringing. And it's even more reinforced later on when you see they go to that, that dude's house and they're doing whippets, which is very 90s. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, totally. I 90s. remember it's going it. places and people were like, oh, we're going to have whippets oh, there. Do kids know what whippets are anymore? I okay. I don't know. I think the government Let, really put a kibosh on did that. Did they? Yeah. But, but they were like, no more whipped cream, guys. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still do that. But, you know, okay. but here's the thing, like. You know, even later on, when they're at that party at the Whippets and stuff, you've got this kid that's maybe 10, and he's sitting there smoking, and then there's yeah. another kid that's like 10, and, you know, they're sitting there talking about, like, to him, like, oh, you know, how many, what kind of girls are you into, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, all kinds, you know? Like, <laughs> he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really know what to say. He's probably never had sex, but that's their, that's the influence. Like that's you know these kids well, are being. These ten does even know if he likes girls. Yeah. <laughs> all these kids are being like are like almost like raising each other, you right? Know? And yeah, they're, and yeah. They're, and they're all just like doing what feels good. They're all just doing what what uh, they want to do and what comes naturally to them. Almost like a Lord of the Flies type thing where they're just there's nobody to to stop them and say. Hey, this isn't this okay. isn't this isn't okay. You yeah. know, did did you come up with that or did you steal that? What do you mean? No, because you're not the first person to say Lord of the Fli- Lord of the Flies for in comparison to this movie. Yeah, no, I just I just okay. I'm just checking because yeah. because like other people have compared them. Okay, oh really? I mean, it, it's a. I feel like it's a good comparison because you know, like in Lord of the Flies, they're on an island and they're just by themselves, and 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 it devolves. You know, when you leave kids alone. And I think this is a perfect example of our generation, like kind of like worst case scenario that taking place where the kids don't have that kind of uh, authority figures that are going to kind of put them in place and, and keep them in the straight and narrow when the kids are just like together and they're just doing whatever the hell they want. And there's not any uh, consequences like he's pissing on a fucking wall in the middle of the street. <laughs> street. A woman walks by, just looks and was like, "Okay, whatever." Yeah, but yeah. I like, mean, even today, you see, you were I in New York. Fly. Uh, you don't think so, mm-hmm. man? I think I because people from I I don't live in New York. I've only been to New York once, but from what I understand, people like like there are people that get raped on a side street of New York and and people just walk by because they don't, you know, like, well, I'll they're not going to be the one to go over there and try to stop it. Again, so. again, though, I don't think that the kids of today are, I, I think they're not as aggressive. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, Doug Stanhope, the comedian. Yeah. He makes a joke on stage about how kids today, it's a role reversal where the parents are like, you know, these kids are, are just like nerds. And you're like, dude, put on a fucking Slayer shirt and fucking drink some beer. You know, like, like, like it's, it's, it's a complete role reversal from how we grew up where our parents were just like, you know, what is Be this? more nerdy. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's strange. And I think, honestly, I don't think a lot of this shit would fly. And honestly, I don't think a lot of kids nowadays act that way like humor wise anything like they would be they're they'd be more concerned about like 
being proper or being, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not an expert on kids today. I have no. a couple, but I, I can, and, and, you know. No, but I, I hear that. Yeah, I mean, there's, we, we have to keep in mind here, there is a, a big gap between the crappy neighborhoods of New York City. Yeah, that's a big and, and growing up in a small town suburb yes. like yeah. we did. Yes, like, yes. Like, the, there's probably good reasons that we didn't see people passed out all over the place. place. Yeah. Because <laughs> that yeah. wasn't the neighborhoods we grew up in. Um, I mean, we still recognize the, the 90s in the movie totally. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like... I I absolutely love what you're saying with the them raising each other and stuff like that because you can totally see that in there. Yeah, I think the tragedy in this movie there's the surface level tragedy, which is what is going on with this guy going around having sex with virgins and giving them AIDS. Yeah. Okay. But underneath it, there's a deeper tragedy, and the tragedy is that these kids have no um. That, that no one showed them how to act, act. and, and right. she, no one is guiding them at all. No, nobody ever drew a line in this sand like this is where you stop. This and is it where also, it stops being okay. Yeah, and it also it leaves you with almost like a sense of helplessness because there's like like you see that one girl who's like 13 and she's talking about how you know my sister got pregnant when she was 15, mm-hmm. so now my mom is really on my ass like what did she say like just really controlling and doesn't let her doesn't let her what the main point is she couldn't have boyfriend yeah she couldn't have a boyfriend boyfriend. and so all it took was one time that she's left alone and telly takes advantage of and gives her aids yeah as a parent watching that i'm thinking what the fuck do i do yeah what do you do because you can sit there and you can try your best as a parent but ultimately, it take all it can, it can be like one fucking time, and and now they have AIDS or they're pregnant or whatever. Yeah, and especially if they've been to Beaver Dam, and that's <laughs> and, and that's the, the <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> that that's the ultimate tragedy of this is that is that like kids are they they don't think past right now. Their brains aren't developed, mm-hmm. and. You know, the consequences of some of these things can last a lifetime. And so I think there's the the surface level tragedy of the AIDS thing going around, but also the tragedy of a whole generation of kids that were just kind of left alone. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, I think we've glossed over this completely, but another one of the very, very powerful, like, really open your eyes aspects of this movie is the fact that the girl, Jen, I think that was her name, gets... She gets AIDS and, you know, her and her friend go in to get tested. The one friend has had sex with eight different guys and she's had sex with one guy who unfortunately just happens to be Telly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she has AIDS. The other friend doesn't. And I think that really opens people's eyes up to like, holy cow, you know, like it just takes one time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that was handled really well because it's, it's. It could have been done in a really stupid way where it's like, oh, look, I I was with all these guys in all these different ways and nothing happened to me. You were with a guy one time and you got AIDS. And then, you know, like the movie could have been like, ha ha, look, we're making an obvious point here. Yeah. Um, But it didn't feel like that. It didn't. It didn't. No. It didn't. I mean, obviously, that was part of what you were supposed to get out of that. But it didn't feel like the cheesy after school videos it like it felt real. Yeah. 
you know, and then they spent, I mean, this happens pretty early in the movie and they literally spend the entire movie showing the distress that Jen is under because of this. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so it's just a really, and... really powerful part of the movie. Yeah. Too. So, I don't know. Should we do ratings or should we just continue talking gloriously about this I don't movie? Have Does anybody a... have anything bad to say I about this movie? I have nothing bad to say about this movie. I, mean, I also have nothing bad to say about this movie. I, uh, mean, I mean, I think... Telly is grisly and gross, and but also, but that's what you needed in this movie. And I also will say it is a crime that this movie is not more available. Like it, the fact yeah. that you can you can only buy this movie on Amazon, like you could you, on DVD and Blu-ray. Was it thirty for the Blu-ray sixty or thirty for the DVD and sixty dollars for the Blu-ray? Yeah. This movie should have like a special edition. It should have been like you know every time a new format comes out, this should be. Yeah, like what the fuck? Like, is this yeah. a movie that's just been forgotten? I don't know. Yeah, and, and obviously the three of us grew up at the right time for this movie, so I don't know how it would resonate with people seeing it for the first time today. Yeah. There might be something there, but none of that takes away from the fact that this movie should be available. Yeah. Sure. Well, and and don't you almost feel like this movie probably busted and bombed because Did it came it? out at a no. time when it when didn't bomb. I don't think this it was, was never in the theaters or anything. I don't think, but it was. I mean, this was a. I everybody. I I think. Yeah, I think it I, had to have done well because yeah. e- I, everybody I, knew about this movie. I have to say though that that there had. If you look into it, this movie had to have tons of controversy around it. Oh sure, because nobody wants to see a movie where kids are getting AIDS left and right. Even though it t- teaches you a very powerful lesson, they don't. I mean, at this point in time. Nobody wanted this uh, to be out there for people to see. Like parents and stuff like that weren't okay. There was a huge percentage I, that were not okay I, with this. I don't know anything about that, but I but I hear what you're saying, and I w- I would suspect you're probably right. My guess, not knowing, my guess is probably the critics were really really kind to this movie, the same way we are right now. Uh, but there were probably certain political groups that were not very happy. And well, also, I'm sure, yeah. Also. It, I think part of what might be might have taken it down a few notches as far as the general public goes viewing this movie is the fact that it doesn't have any uplifting ending at all. It's no, it's, that's true. It's like uh, y- you literally are just watching this slow motion train wreck happen to all these people and you're just sitting there watching it and the inevitable consequences playing out before yeah. you and then it just ends. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like like general audiences don't like that. Yeah, they want they want closure. They want something, some kind of uplifting message at the end, or something, some sort of hope. Where this movie lacks all hope. In right. fact, this movie is like the complete opposite of hope. This movie just completely slaps you in the face with the re- re- it almost, with reality, it makes and then you, ends. It makes you like. <laughs> You know, even aside from all the sexual shit in this movie with the with uh, the, the AIDS part of it, it almost makes me feel almost like uh, almost nihilistic about our generation. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you think about when you're watching this now, at least I do. I don't know if I thought about it back then, but I'm thinking now when I watch this, like, what the fuck are these kids if they didn't don't get AIDS? What are they going to be doing 20 years from now? Yeah. Like, how do they dig themselves out of this, like... You know, because 
you and I both know, like, as you, you get older, it's a momentum thing. Like, if you start out in a shitty place, it's hard to, to, it to dig. It takes longer up. to get to that good point, sure, basically. Sure. To learn and, and be able to evolve mm. into a mature adult. And these kids just, they, they have no chance. Right. You know, and I think it's also a commentary on our generation and our society. I don't wow. Know. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, there. you got really heavy I, there. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I don't think you're wrong, but like, wow, that was. Yeah, but yeah, and I've and I've said this many, many, many times, and I've probably even said it on the podcast. But um, I've always considered, especially in retrospect, I've always considered the '90s to be a nihilistic yes, decade. I do. I I felt like the the music and the movies that I loved growing up in the '90s, being a teenager in the '90s were always nothing matters yeah. god's dead just do just do <laughs> whatever yeah. nothing nothing it's all going to go to hell and that was so 90s to me yeah in in the opposite of the 80s where it's like everything's a party let's have a good time <laughs> yep yep you know and yeah. the 2000s come back around again and like okay we're going to be a little happier now yeah but the 90s definitely like you had the matrix you had dark city you had yeah you had you had these really great blockbuster horror and sci-fi movies that were just completely empty um and obviously you know with you say music the big one being you know nine inch nails coming out manson to a lesser extent but Mm -hmm. but nine inch nails was a dominant force and it was like very much the message was just everything's decaying, rotting, nothing is good. And, you know, and it felt good. It was fun music. But it wasn't like a happy, poppy sound. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I do think the 90s were a, definitely a very nihilistic time to grow up. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of the things that, well, I don't want to get too deep on this. No, no. Yeah. But... You know, we've I, already been way too serious on this. Episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do ratings. How do we do that? Yeah, let's do ratings. Yeah, I'll kick off ratings. Yeah, please. I'm just gonna match the the IMDb rating. I think IMDb did an alright job with this movie because it is. I mean, it has so much good in it, mm-hmm. but it is still a very cringy watch. And I, I do believe that there are a lot of people out there that cannot sit down and make it all the way through this movie mm-hmm. just because of the way it's made but yeah that's what makes it effective and but to me that's what makes this movie so powerful yes. is that it is pushing such a powerful message out there and it might be a little on the extreme side but there's nothing in this movie that i feel like couldn't happen yeah i mm-hmm. highly doubt yeah. that it would all happen in one day yeah which is what this movie is encompassing is just one day but but it's all a reality that could have happened and just makes it really powerful. So what was what's your rating? What's seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay. Well, you want me to go next? I'll go next. You wanna go? Yeah. Go. I'm just gonna give it a fucking ten right off the bat. Wow, really? I have to. I nice. have to. This is this is the perfect this is a perfect movie for what they were trying to do. They accomplished what they were doing. I don't I mean, intentional or not, like I said, it's a perfect PSA. Like the best PSA ever, in my opinion. It's terrifying. It's you can't watch this movie and not think about that the next time you're gonna 
especially as a teenager, you know, when you're thinking about having sex, like mm-hmm. you, th- this movie will stay with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is its ultimate, you know, uh, accomplishment there is that this movie stays with you. You watch this movie, you will remember it. Mm-hmm. And not because it was over the top or whatever, because of how real it was. the situations are, the people involved, and the consequences of of what these kids were doing. And I will agree with you that as far as what they were, what I if if what they were trying to accomplish was to scare the living shit out of kids, mm-hmm. the, the, it is worthy of a ten because they mastered that perfectly. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But but again, I go back to that. Some people are just going to be so disturbed by this movie they just couldn't make it. Oh yeah, there's so, this is definitely. So I can't. I don't know if I can give it a ten from that perspective. Well, that, you're you're talking about what you're saying is like a general audience, right? That that you know, a lot of people go to movies to be entertained. They don't go to movies to have a deeper message, message right? Or or to see something that's uncomfortable. They want to watch Spider Man fly around and fucking. Shoot yeah, out, shoot, shoot, shoot out, out, shoot out. They watch, they watch Spider-Man fly around and fuck. That's halfway yeah. to kids. Yeah. Wow. That's a Spider-Man movie we've all been waiting for. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, so for my rating, I, I, I have to preface it. You know, you guys know my ratings don't make sense. Mm-hmm. I, I'm on board. I'm on the Jason train this time. Oh. And I... I think this is a flawless movie. I can't think of one bad thing about it. It's it's a horrible movie. It's a movie that I probably would not recommend to anybody. It's a movie I haven't seen in decades. And if I never see it again, I'm perfectly fine with that. But I don't say any of that as a bad thing. Despite that it sounds like it's a bad <laughs> thing to call this a horrible movie. Mm-hmm. It's horrible by design. and yeah. it's And I give them so much credit for that. I looked at my previous rating, and my previous rating was a 7. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bump it up to an 8. And I would love I would love to give it a 10. And the reason I'm not going to give it a 10 is because my ratings don't make any sense. And to me, like a 10 is a movie that I can put on any day, any time. And it's a movie that I can revisit 100 times. And, and it's perfect in that sense. This movie is perfect, but it's not perfect in a way that I ever want to watch it again. <laughs> so, like, I should not give it demerits for that, but because my rating system makes no sense, I'm going to. Sure. So I'm giving it an 8, but I want to be very clear that for the purposes of this conversation, that 8 still means it's a freaking perfect movie yeah and you've said it before that anything over a seven is probably spectacular yeah so yeah i know it doesn't make any sense how i can give this movie an eight but give them all rats a ten i don't know i can't justify <laughs> that but that's to me that's how it but that's works. personal taste it's personal, personal taste. taste it's exactly it. it's personal taste there's it's that's the problem i have is when i do ratings i don't have like one scale for like critic mm-hmm. in one scale for what i enjoy mm-hmm. i i blend them together and that right. creates this really does weird like, does it taste like butterscotch it does it does <laughs> but it creates this weird system it's where where i'm trying to like compare two different things that are not at all the same on yeah. the same scale yeah so it messes it up but so just to clarify i'm saying an eight 
But if you want to, if people listening want to interpret that as a 10, I won't fight you. You can, you can say it's, it's a, it's an honorary 10. Yes. Yeah. So, so before we go into what you the can, next... you can join, you can, you can, you have VIP passes to the, the Jason train. Any, <laughs> anytime you want, buddy. All right. <laughs> For so life. Before we go into the next movie, I do want to ask one more question because yeah. I did not, I did not know how this was going to fly over when we watched it. I had I didn't no either. clue. And that's what my question is. Were you saying? Were you guys expecting to give it this high of a rating? Or were you shocked at how well it held up and how? No. Uh, I was not surprised in the least bit that this movie held up. I've, and I was. I see, and I was too. And I, I honestly think because, I think it was more powerful to me this time watching it. Because now I'm kind, you could kind of relate to those kids when we were back in that age. Mm-hmm. We it was still terrifying, but you could relate to the some of the things they were doing. Yeah, and I think at our age now, I could look at those kids and be like, "God, you guys are all a bunch of fucking idiots." Oh, for the most part, you know, like yeah. So that was a weird thing for me too. Is like kind of not really seeing myself in this movie, but seeing kind of adjacent to mm-hmm. me as that at that age and being really fucking annoyed with it. Yeah. Being really like, dude, fucking grow up. Yeah. And like, that's whenever I see somebody, if somebody says something to yeah. like, I'll be, me and Tracy will be walking out walking. She gets pissed off at a kid. Mm-hmm. And I always tell her, I'm like, you did the same fucking shit yeah. when you were at that age, oh, you know? She probably didn't though. Okay. She probably <laughs> didn't. You're I, right. I want to, I want to say something about that. Yeah. Okay. This is this is something that annoys me, and this is the exact same thing. If I'm at a, at a coffee shop or or somewhere, and I'm just reading or typing or whatever I'm doing, and there's like two teenagers at another table, and they're having like quote unquote deep conversations, uh-huh. it pisses me <laughs> off <laughs> because like I hear them and like. I'm like, oh, they think they're so freaking brilliant. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and I know, I know in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's exactly the crap that's I did. did. Yeah, that's ex- ex- we were like the kings of that when oh, we yeah. were kids, yeah. man. And so I hear, I hear that and I'm like, God, we were freaking annoying. <laughs> yeah. You know, which I didn't think that. Yeah. But now I'm like, man, we must have been the worst freaking people to have to wait on. Probably, <laughs> man. Because, I mean, when you're that age and then you're all hopped up on like two pots of fucking coffee, yeah. you start thinking you're smart as hell. Yeah. And I think, I think, man, back to like, like country kitchen when we were kids. Yeah. So we, for the listeners, we all, all of us used to just go in. We would spend hours yep. i feel like there was days where we'd be there for eight hours just drinking coffee and sure. smoking cigarettes yes. yeah. In, yeah inside of a restaurant inside a restaurant while underage and and i just sit there and i think i don't remember were you sure underage yeah we could smoke in there when we were underage okay I'm i don't sure, remember I'm that sure but, they, but i wouldn't doubt it either yeah. but i look back Perkins at too. that and i'm like who the hell was letting us be there, man. Like, like, yeah. why were Mike we... Van Vondren was letting us be <laughs> that, there? Like, we never got kicked out, and yeah. it was just amazing. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so, anyways, um, Andu, yeah, does but... somebody else have something? Oh, sorry. no, just, just like, yeah. So, it's getting back to the actual question. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to play as well because I, it, it was burned in my brain. Like, I remember so much of this movie, and like I said, I don't remember the majority of the movies I see. I just don't. And 
but I watched it originally, you know, as somebody kind of in that age range. And so when I, going back now, I was like, well, how is this going to play? Because the movie scared the crap out of me because I could identify with, you know, go, I wasn't a skateboarder. I wasn't, you know, having casual sex and drugs and <laughs> stuff. Like, that wasn't me. But I recognized those people. Like that was those were people I could I could know. So I'm like, oh, I'm so far removed from that now. Like, is it still gonna resonate? And totally, totally, no, no less. I watch it now, and I'm like, yep, you freaking nailed it because Whoa. that is exactly how I remember the '90s. Like, yeah. you hit it. So I I didn't think that me now. Being all old and jaded and having seen millions of movies, being like, oh yeah, that was, I was just young and didn't know better. That movie was crap. No, that movie really was a powerful freaking film. film. So, yeah. um, no, I, 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 I went in today with low expectations and it, it impressed me probably even more than I thought it would. Wow. Well, and I'm glad that you had the same effect as I did because I feel like exactly the way you do. And good on you, Jason, for knowing how powerful it was going to be again. Yeah, you know that's like impressive too. Well, <laughs> in, in a sense, so yeah, you know, I re- yeah, Jason's like thing- I never doubted them. No, <laughs> I, I didn't. Only, and but the thing is with me is like I remember every single part of that movie. Like it, it's not, and I don't think you know if this was a movie with a traditional, uh, not the documentary style. Like I could remember it differently like i think but the fact that it's like almost like a films yeah. where they're not supposed to be really acting mm-hmm. the memories i have of this movie and and that like i don't think you know i think that's what because i knew how good the acting was i knew how convincing they were you know and i've seen it more than once you know since i was a kid but probably not for at least 10 years. Yeah. I mean, you so. can find other movies about young people bumming around doing nothing. I mean, Slackers. like Sla- Slacker is great. I was going to say Slacker and Days and Confused, both yeah. Richard Linklater movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, so, like, it's not like it hasn't been done, mm-hmm. but it's, again, yeah. This you know, is, you know immediately. Like these are characters, yeah. right? In in slackers and in dazed and confused are more fun yeah. movies. This yeah. is a serious like look at the problems that were going on in society at that mm-hmm. time. So, wow. All yeah. right. So we so have, after talking about that for two hours, we have <laughs> we do we have a next movie? Or, it's Gavin's pick. It is my pick, and so I'm fifty fifty. On this, if you say uh, rent, I'm going to jump over this table. I am going to scream. I don't don't I, even say that, Jason, because you yeah. if he wants to watch Rent, you're going to watch it with him because <laughs> this asshole made me go see that shit in the theater. So, did you really? Yes. What? I I don't like Rent. You, are you sure it wasn't his brother? Because I no, can see his it brother. Was him. Dude, I would never see Rent. I would. Well, what was the movie that we? Seat of we, Chucky. I, no, I, no, no. There was a movie that we went and seen with one of your girlfriends, oh, which shit. I can't remember her name oh, because I never it knew. It could have been then. I, I couldn't. I would have never known have your right. girlfriend's name because yeah. all you ever called her was girlfriend. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> well, honestly, it, it could have been because I could see myself sucking it up and going to see a, a fucking musical for some girl back in the day. Well. I don't I don't like rent and if and if anybody listening is loves rent and wants to hate me for it that's the hill no. I'll die on because I don't I don't like rent I'm no. not a fan 
Um, no, so it's it's fifty fifty. Um, I had it in my mind that what I really wanted to do, and I think you guys figured it out last time, um, is I really wanted to do the musical episode of Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. Sure, it's I, I mean, which is not really a movie, but if we're all kind of familiar with the series, I think that we can jump in at that point and we'll know what's going on. And I absolutely love that episode. So that's what I was going to do. Otherwise, my fallback is at some point we got to do Sleepwalkers because I was just at just at the horror convention this last weekend, and inevitably somebody gets on my ass because I like Sleepwalkers, and everybody <laughs> like universally hates that movie, mm-hmm. um, and I and I don't. So you know, well, but was but 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 I would see Jason. You'd probably side with me because. Sure. Because most of the times when I have like a movie that I like and everybody thinks I'm wrong, you're like, oh, that's a good movie. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Sleepwalkers. I don't have a problem with Sleepwalkers. Okay. I understand the flaws in it, but I, I don't think oh, it's a yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. It's an entertaining movie. Yeah, no, by no means. I'm not going to like argue it's, it's a great movie. Honestly, I would compare it to like the people under the stairs. Yeah. Like, it's one of those movies that's like, I can see why people wouldn't like it. But I enjoy it. Yeah. I don't think Sleepwalkers is a great movie. I just don't understand. Well, I shouldn't say I don't understand, but I don't agree with how much people don't like it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to dislike about but, it to me either. But anyway, I'll push that, kick that can down the road. I'm going to stick with Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. Um, so I like that episode of... The musical episode, yeah. Okay. So this will be nice and short, too. This will be really isn't, short. Isn't well, Todd in the Book of okay. Pure Evil only 30 minutes? Yeah, it's sh- so... it's short, but if you're familiar with the show, there will be plenty of jumping okay. off. So, like, what, an hour or what are we talking An hour or less, yeah. Okay, well, maybe we could do two then next time. Yeah, because didn't you have some TV show or something you wanted to do? No, I <laughs> thought about doing it at some point, the episode of Quantum Leap, where the guy where he, where he leaps into someone who has Down Syndrome. No. But but Gavin's like clearly no not, not no it, because then we'd have to talk about it and then that gets us in trouble that gets us in trouble because so, I know exactly what Jason will say <laughs> and we'll have to blank it out yeah. and... so but no I I do have uh, another pick uh, a dog named Christmas no so we the last pick I had which was uh, low um, yeah was kind of uh, a shittier movie that could have been done better i want to go back to like a good movie that uh and i've not been i want to interject for a second here yeah i want you to know whatever i gave low yeah bump it up bump it up an extra point okay not even not even like a point five like a full point sure why because it's been sticking with me for the last week it's really yeah yeah so whatever flaws it may have it's it's stuck with me, and that's worth something. Good, so good. So I'm, I'll bump it up a that's little awesome. bit. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I kind of want to do another Hidden Gem movie. I don't have too many more of these up my sleeve, but I'm thinking um, there's a movie called Bloody Hell, and it's an Australian film, and it's only a, like two years old. It was surprisingly very, very good. Funny. I think you guys would both really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, so... That's gonna be my next pick. So if we have time after that, we could we could watch that movie if we if we can set aside enough time to do it. Okay. Otherwise, we'll just push that off for the next week. Okay. All right. Well, you got something to look forward there to. So so next week should be. Have you checked to see if can you get Todd in book the book of pure evil? I'm uh, pretty sure that's. I, I yeah I can get it, and if I can't, I've got the DVD. There All you right. go. 
All right, so Todd and Book Appear Evil, and then we will swing over to the Australian film that Jason just mentioned, if po- possible. But I think those will be two episodes. So, yeah, I, yeah, I we're not going to mix them together. No, no, two, mix two things together. Yeah. So, so all right, well, that'll wrap this one up episode up. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you on the next. Thanks for tuning in to Hobbs and Horror Movie Review Podcast. Join us in two weeks for another exciting movie review.